and the distinctions of our power of choice toolbox, which is that your thoughts, words, feelings, and actions create your destiny. And so that's really the core of Ben Speak's message and everything that we bring in our programming gives people the opportunity to look at the way that they think, the way that they feel, the way that they act, react, respond, the things that they say. Steve Herlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin area dial at 102.9 here for a session with Judy Giovangelo from Ben Speaks and Bo Kinney, who may chime in from time to time to add his points of wisdom in this conversation. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Steve. It's nice to be here. Good. So we'll jump in. We want to talk about survive to thrive. But for those folks who may not know, who's Judy, what she's doing, and what's this Ben Speaks? Can you give us a little bit of the background as to the origin story? I know it's maybe a little difficult for you because it was your son, but hopefully, you know, we'll at least get some of the background there. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Um, It is still painful. Um, But it's been 13 years since the loss of my middle child, Benjamin. He was just uh, 18 years old when he took his life after a lifetime of struggling with the stigma and the internal challenges of uh, mental illness. Uh, Ben was severe OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and he Mm -hmm. struggled throughout his entire life. Um, We found during the years of raising him, especially around between 13 and 18 years old, when I started to as his mother, who was desperately seeking tools and resources, look outside of the mainstream model, the mainstream box to the more holistic approaches like Reiki and yoga and meditation and mindfulness and all of that. Um, Back in the early days, it wasn't so prevalent as it is thankfully today, Mm -hmm. but you know, it was very new to us and new to anybody around us. And when we started to apply some of those things into his life, we saw marked change. Unfortunately, though, in a fleeting moment of despair, when the pain became greater than his resources, he ended his life and I chose to become a voice for change through him. And, um, you know, within really days of his loss, Ben Speaks was birthed in me and born and I haven't stopped speaking about Ben and the kids like him ever since. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I'm sure, especially now coming in after the pandemic and although I'm saying after with a caution because I'm not sure we're done yet. Um, but during the pandemic, certainly we've seen through just the word of mouth is never mind the news media, the isolation and the uncertainty has certainly brought a bunch of that, not just to the youth, but certainly to you know the older folks too. It's, it's challenging times to be in. It is very challenging times. And what was already, in my awareness, um, an epidemic, a cancer of low self-esteem and self-worth in so many of our youth who are already falling through the cracks. And we call these kids the high sensitive, Mm -hmm. high intuitive, empathic kids who, you know, every principal I've spoken with, every school I've been in, every place I've ever spoken, when asked if you're raising a Ben and given the archetype of what we call the Ben, Uh, you know, everybody's standing by the end. So there's a real awareness that there are these kids that struggle to believe in themselves, to fit in, to 
to you know love and 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 nurture themselves and be nurtured by the by the world around them be accepted for who they are and now you add a pandemic on top of that and it created even further distress and what we have found is that the kids that are like the Ben, the, the sensitive intuitive did very well during pandemic. They liked being home, being home schooled. Now that they're back in school, they're back feeling very stressed, stressed and even more anxious and more depressed than ever before. Yeah, and, so um, those additional supports would need to be provided and or at right. least accommodations made um, to ease that transition because it, it, the uncertainty clearly is still there, maybe less prevalent as in the first days of what we were going through. Um, but there still is uncertainty. There still is fear. Um, sure. There's a lot of fear. Uh, the, and the teachers are overwhelmed. Uh, the teachers are stretched beyond, uh, you know, their capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, they're exhausted. I, I've been, I've been um, presenting in Grafton schools this past uh, few months they did bring one of our programs, which is called the Power of Choice. It's our signature program into their school. I went in as a speaker to the seventh and eighth grade and then uh, brought our new curriculum to the teachers to bring to all the students for the next mm-hmm. 14 weeks. And, you know, it was it was pretty um, apparent that that there's a lot of stress. Yeah, uh, That was the feedback. They're under a lot of stress. They're under a lot of pressure. And they're dealing day to day with, you know, the outbursts of kids who are really struggling. So, you know, everybody's kind of grappling to kind of figure out what to do about all this. And Ben speaks whole languages to say, you know, let's all take personal responsibility for our role and however we can be the change around this and work together, you know, as teachers, as parents, as community leaders, as kids, and give everybody the awareness and the language that we all have to take responsibility for who, who we are and where we are in our lives mm-hmm. and teach how to, how to be empowered from that place. Yeah. And I think that's key in some other conversations I've been having both on the business side of Franklin and even with other nonprofits, other authors, other um, organizers, the, the idea of just coming to one another with respect to start with um, then can breed the love and the, na- and the care and the nature of the needs. But Starting with respect also gives that person, I think, to your point, the the wellness to start, the comfort to start. Because if you can't look in the mirror in the morning and be satisfied with yourself, or at least say, "Okay, we can do this," right. that that's a problem. You just things are just going to multiply during the day. Yes, and we all have a voice inside of us that is counter to the desire to have the belief that I am worthy and I am good enough Mm -hmm. and I do have something to contribute to the world. You know, in Ben speaks language, we call that the inner bully or the inner critic. Right. And, you know, we all have to fight that bully or we all have to find a way to not listen to that bully, that inner voice. And if we've, if we've come from trauma or we've come from mental health challenges um, or family strongholds, karmic strongholds around mental health and emotional instability, That's very difficult to do. And then you plant a kid into a school where they're in a classroom with 25 kids and everybody's binging off of everybody and they're highly sensitive and they're just absorbing like Velcro, all the energies of the people around them. They're, they're toast. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's very difficult. And so how do we get the needs of these kids met so that they don't continue to hurt themselves or hurt other people, which is what we know happens. 
So you mentioned the one signature program. I think from looking at the website, you've got other programs that it seems like you've they've evolved as the org has evolved, as you've been recognizing the needs of the communities, the culture, the communities generally um, to need and to providing those, or at least some resources. You, you, you're not intended to solve the world's problem. We just need to no. solve the, the problems of the individual and the community and right. whatever. Yeah. And I think, I think we have a different, a slightly different slant or a strong slant toward a holistic approach to integrate into, as an example, a therapist who, you know, has an amazing practice with DBT and CBT and all the things that are more traditional, but and is also- DBT in, and CBT, for those who may not be aware, what's the acronym stand? Um, well, CBT, I know, is uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm okay. not a therapist, so I have heard DBT, and Bo, maybe you know what DBT is. It's something similar. Um, Dialect- it, dielectric behavior therapy behavior therapy yeah um but but to combine so as an example we have currently a under the umbrella program uh called survive to thrive so survive to thrive what we're looking to do through that program is to take a therapist who has a demographic that's in need as an example pasha merlot who's working with 12 to 15 year old adolescent girls right now under our survive to thrive umbrella and providing them through uh, therapeutic comedy and the distinctions of our power of choice toolbox, which is that your thoughts, words, feelings, and actions create your destiny. And so that's really the core of Ben Speaks Message and everything that we bring in our programming gives people the opportunity to look at the way that they think, the way that they feel, the way that they act, react, respond, the things that they say, and then course correct accordingly to their own desires and needs mm. yeah I, I as yeah. as a member of i'll call myself of the news media albeit community-based and focused on that so i don't do party politics that's another whole world i just don't want to be in by any means I hear but you. words do matter and it's i'm always conscious of being very careful about which words I choose to use to describe a meeting and somebody's opinions, because clearly one word choice can take the conversation in a whole other direction. And I try not to go that way. I would just want to prevent the, present the facts. You make your decision as opposed to coloring the decision, if you will. Right, right. Creating, creating a dialogue of conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if yeah. I do happen to use, you know, sarcasm from time to time, people know they recognize that, and right. because and I appreciate that because I tend not to use sarcasm for that point because if you are sarcastic all the time, people are just going to shuff it off, shuff it off. the The point of sarcasm is it deviates <laughs> and is different. So why he's doing this? Oh, hey, well, look at that. Oh, there's 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 something there there. And everyone has a perception based on what they hear mm. uh, and based on what they experienced in their own past. So, you know, we, we have to be very mindful of words, mm. uh, but mostly we have to be mindful of the words that we tell ourselves. It all starts yes. with self. Yeah. Yes. And that's what we want. We want to give kids a basic <laughs> curriculum and a basic context for understanding that they are 100% responsible for who they're being in their lives, no matter what life throws at them, and that life will throw stuff at you and you have to become resilient. You have to learn how to 
respond as opposed to react Mm -hmm. uh, and be mindful of the choices that you're making. It's all about the power of choice. Mm -hmm. One of your programs. So it it ties back very nicely, very naturally to that. And the survive to thrive you mentioned as kind of the umbrella uh, power of choice is one you, I'm assuming you either have or will be expanding over time as need requires. So, so I guess I am, I'm still finding the words uh, and, and as an organization we are, but the power of choice is our signature program. And that is designed to go into middle schools to reach, uh, you know, large audiences of kids with the message mm-hmm. and then to deliver the curriculum, whether it be through teachers or parents or you know, creating um, opportunities for teachers to come together and learn the curric- curriculum and pass it on to their students, like they're doing in Grafton, mm-hmm. or doing workshops, um, you know, online or you know, face to face at our at our um, resource office in Holliston mm-hmm. to train parents t- to deliver this curriculum to their kids, um, or delivering it directly to kids through Survive to Thrive but with more of the focus on the therapeutic aspect with a holistic approach wheedled in there, you know, because kids are more um, accessible to or more open to uh, comedy and creativity and, and finding ways that make it fun and engaging and connecting as opposed to making it solely therapeutic. There's a real resistance. True. For yeah. many adolescents. So, and there's not enough uh, therapists available, and people are on long wait lists. And so that's creating an even greater feeling of hopelessness. So, the more that we can uh, create groups where kids can gather with facilitators who are, you know, doing more than just couch therapy with them and making it fun and engaging uh, while also teaching them about their mental health or helping them to be aware of the thoughts that they are, you know, or the words or the feelings or the actions, reactions, the choices that they're making and helping them to shift. Yeah. Cause we, we are together in this and we can provide each other some help granted. We may not be the best help because we're not certified, et cetera, but right. we can at least provide some help and provide some transitional or mediation uh, intermediate work before somebody actually you know, meets with the therapist or whatever is required right. um, after, after the wait list. Because, yeah, back to the pandemic piece, I think we had been in shortage of a lot of those therapeutic services beforehand, but the pandemic just kind of exploded the demand for that. And now, yeah, we're just going to have to be patient until either the supply stream catches up, which tends to be some years of work to right. get everybody through the training and certification. Um, right. Yeah. We definitely need to beef up the support. Yeah. And so we're a small nonprofit, but we're doing our part. Yes. And we appreciate that. Yes. So the, as a nonprofit, your funding, I'm assuming you ask for donations. You have some programs that may be for cost for, to help ameliorate some of that. Um, Do you have any major fundraising activities that we can help share with the community that can engage that way? Or is it just click on the donate button? Click on the donate button is the easiest way. Um, We have had many fundraisers over the years after COVID that got shut down. And we're just as a board getting reorganized around what's going to be our next big fundraiser. For the first five years of Ben Speaks, we did huge concerts called a concert to remember. 
mm-hmm. and they were beautiful and amazing and raised, you know, good amount of money to support our work. Um, I've, I've received many, uh, you know, $10,000 from uh, the craft organization through the Myra Craft Award, 68,000 from the uh, Yogathon at Gillette Stadium a few years back. Um, you know, personal uh, Facebook donations made to me up for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the year before COVID, we we shifted to a comedy show that was hugely successful. Our plan is to do another comedy show in the fall. Mm-hmm. And um, we also had a program called The Art of Emotion, and that gave scholarship money to high school students in the um, area of mu- best music, um, original music and original uh, art piece. We had four categories um, for the kids to do their artwork or their music um, around. And uh, we did that for two years and they were phenomenal, but we haven't gotten back to that yet. And we intend to. Mm -hmm. We've also had some uh, great support from local banks, uh, Charles River in Medway, uh, Lusix in Savings in Franklin, uh, the... uh, DCU for Kids had just donated some funding to us. And the Rockland Trust has also been a great uh, support to us. Yeah. I'm, also on a, I'm also on a BNI. Uh, and BNI, a lot of the folks in the BNI have been very um, supportive of us. Yeah. Business Networking International, if I recall. Yeah. They meet on a weekly or biweekly? Weekly basis, yes. Yeah. And they offered a nonprofit uh, seat for free for the first year. They actually extended it through the BNI group that I'm part of. They paid for me to be there for another year. Oh, good. And they've been very uh, wonderful about supporting donations. We have a Ben Speaks pledge. When I speak in the school, the pledge is part of the message of what kids receive when I go there to speak. And uh, Grafton, who we've been working with the Power of Choice with, has 15 kids that are going to be doing uh, a video of the pledge for us. And several of the BNI members have stepped up to uh, pay for the t-shirts and hats. Mm, good. We just, you know, we try to get clear about what we're looking for support for, and then, you know, go out and ask for it from, mm-hmm. from the growing number of people who support us. Yeah. Cause I think in recognition of, both their support, which we thank them for, but your mission, unfortunately, there is a need and there are insufficient resources. So at least thank you for providing some of those that the members in the community can utilize. Right, right, right. And of course, our goal is to find, um, you know, grants and uh, other streams of income that can continue to support this work because Survive to Thrive is paid for by our, our um, sponsors. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do not charge the families for that program. Right. Schools schools do pay to have me go in as a speaker and uh, to pay to have the curriculum at least the first time out. Um, they did pay for me to come in and bring this to the teachers, and Ben speaks offset a lot of those costs. Mm-hmm. We brought money in through our donations, so we just work it out. Sounds good. And in the show notes for the listeners, if you weren't. Uh, having a pen or paper handy, we'll include in the show notes all the appropriate links uh, to benspeaks.org and to some of the programs in there so that you can get more details and certainly contact info. And of course, the donate button will be included in there as well. And if I can lastly say, if there's anyone out there who is a therapist who has 
a toolbox. Did I say this already? Who has a toolbox for, um, you know, holistic approach in combination with what they do already? We would love, you know, to talk with you, reach out to us mm. about becoming a survive, thrive uh, facilitator for us. Oh, you hadn't mentioned, but that's good to include. So it's instead of just the regular community, those who are also servicing and want to continue to help service in support of this mission, since the missions may in fact be uh, very similar, then yeah, looking to that, to use that collaboration, uh, the power of two is certainly much more than the power of one. So, yeah. So, so Judy, I'm not sure if you covered this, but uh, the concept of, um, the the power of choice and and survive to thrive and how survive to thrive is is now we're envisioning it to broaden into other areas. So originally the first two iterations of it were with young children. Now uh, it's uh, the the current one is going on for adolescent um, girls. Right, right. And then we were thinking about it could be. The, the, the methodology and the tools could be applied in a whole host of different areas. Absolutely. We are um, speaking with a, currently with a therapist who is putting together a program for us for women 18 to 21, which in her um, practice, she's seeing just a huge need to, uh, to add to uh, their, their current therapy, a group opportunity for women dealing with depression, young women. Um, mm-hmm dealing with depression. And she's also putting together a program for us for parents who are dealing with children with mental health challenges. The original intent of Survive to Thrive, where it was birthed and born from, was from one of our board members, our psych chair, uh, Bretton Torkelson, and my son, Michael, who is the president of Ben Speaks. Um, we're doing a partnering. You know, we, we do these little teamwork things, and um, they got together, and Michael shared with Bretton how hard it was for him and his sister to grow up in a home with a brother with mental health challenges. I mean, Mm. basically, you know, created havoc and chaos in our home on a day-to-day basis for a good part of his life. And that deeply impacted my children. And then to go on and and have lost him to suicide and the deep impact that that had on Michael and Jenna, both, I know I can say this freely because they share about it openly, um, you know, going through 10 years of addiction themselves following the loss of him and now coming through the other side, both the three years sober now, um, you know, that we wanted to provide something for kids who are, you know, in that niche of growing up in a home with mental health issues. So Survive to Thrive was originally born to be a sibling support group for those kids. We did do two iterations of it, led by myself and Bretton Torkelson. I'm the holistic side. He's the clinical side. And um, and then we had uh, Pasha Marlowe became part of that with us. And we saw kind of like it, it just naturally morphed into, wow, she has a way of delivering this whole thing uh, that can really attract kids and make them really want to be here and do this. And, um, you know, so far, so good. That's what we're seeing. And so one of the things that we were actually hoping to use this, this interaction with you, Steve, is that anybody out there in like the business development world who could help us, uh, provide uh, uh, analysis and recommendations on what to do with these different kinds of tools. And as you see them starting to evolve into other areas that we really hadn't thought of. Sure. Any any help that uh, you can provide us, that would be greatly appreciated. Yes. 
Yes, huh? the structure around the growing programs would be phenomenal. Well, by sharing this episode, certainly it'll be a point in time, uh, but it should have at least captured some of the essence of what you're doing, what you're intending to do. People can listen to that and say, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Let me help. And then obviously the contact info we provide in the show notes, they can reach out and further that discussion. Absolutely. We appreciate it so much. Yeah. Well, that's what we're here to do to help. So thank you for taking time today to share this. And we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.